With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into an emergency edition of The Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LandGrantHolyLand.com. It is Friday, January 4th, 2019. My name is Colton Denning, and I am your host, and I am joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Patrick Mayhorn. Patrick, we've been talking about it for about a month now, and it appears, at least, that it is going to happen. We have very, not breaking news, but huge news nonetheless. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Uh, Justin Fields seemingly coming to Ohio State, it sounds like. Um, the the reports surfaced this morning. I think it was Letterman Row, so, so word up to those guys, um, that Justin Fields was... Um, I, I think the original port, report was that he was transferring to Ohio State 100% confirmed. Um, I, I saw that that was... Um, backtracked a little bit by the um, the following reports. I saw Bruce Feldman got in on it and uh, a couple other national guys. But the the word seems to be that Justin Fields is coming to Ohio State. It's just a matter of time before he's officially at Ohio State. Um, I know that he's in the Ohio State directory, which doesn't actually mean all that much, as people have learned during like um, you know, re- recruiting times near signing day. A lot of those guys have emails in Ohio State directory, regardless of if they go to Ohio State. But I, I think it is pretty much a done deal that Ohio State will be landing Justin Fields. And um, I am of the opinion that he's probably going to get that waiver. I think it's about a 90% chance. So it certainly seems like Justin Fields is going to be Ohio State's quarterback in 2019. I'm not scooped. I'm not scooped. The national reporter yelled as he shrank and turned into a corn cob. But no, it, it definitely does <laughs> seem like that is going to be the case. We'll see how it plays out over the next couple of days. But this is something we've been talking about really since the, the Michigan game. And it was announced that Justin Fields was going to transfer. I saw this last night when I was just on TweetDeck at like almost midnight, and I was like, we haven't heard anything about Justin Fields lately. So I just searched his name in TweetDeck, and I saw like two different people being like, message board stuff popping up tomorrow, Justin Fields news. And I was like, hmm, interesting. We'll see what happens when I wake up. And then I had like 12 notifications on my phone at nine this morning when I woke up and I was like, okay. Yeah, when you reported real. it on the official Twitter account. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my, my just blazed tin cup Ohio State practice fields tweet. I don't know if anybody saw that, but follow us at Holy Land Pod. That's the type of breaking exclusives you get. We bring exclusive reporting to the internet. We're the only place where you can get exclu- exclusive sports coverage. All right, speaking of bringing, let, let's talk about Justin Fields. I know... When it really popped up the first time, we kind of went in-depth on what type of quarterback he is, what we saw from him when he was a prospect. What does he bring to Ohio State? How does he fit into this offense? 
what's what's the 411 here because it, it's a big name but stylistically play wise just everything that he brings seems like this is a really huge deal for Ohio State when it when and if it goes through yeah I um I wrote earlier today a, a film study that, that people can go read on uh, landgrantholyland.com and it's it's on our Twitter too uh, about Justin Fields and about what he did at Georgia as a freshman and even just a little bit of what he did in high school and the 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 header for it the the title for it and I think the best way to really describe what this means for Ohio State is that Justin Fields is the easy choice for Ohio State's vacant quarterback spot and um, I have seen some people not super happy about that I, I don't read uh, replies or comments or anything because that would be an insane thing to do but um, just in general, I've seen people saying that Tate Martell deserved the spot or that, that Tate Martell <clears throat> should still, you know, will still have a chance to, to win the battle and will probably win the battle, which I do not agree with. Um, and basically the gist of the article and the the best way to really sum up what Justin Fields can do is that um, he's an extremely good athlete. That's that's the main thing that we saw this season from him at Georgia is that he's a fantastic athlete, and that was pretty much what they had him do this year. They they mostly used him as a, a runner out of the backfield, which is, I, I think, a really strange decision from them, but I, I guess that Kirby Smart will do as he does. Um, but he's, I, I think, a 4-5 uh, 40-time guy, which is just insane for how big he is at six foot three, and he's as capable... Uh, running the read option and just scrambling in general as Tate Martell is, if not more capable. And then on top of that, he can throw the ball 60 yards and, um, you know, not dislocate his shoulder doing it or, or take 17 steps doing it or whatever it may be. He's a he's an extremely natural athlete. He's an extremely natural passer. His mechanics are already stellar. Um, he, he's got the strength. He's really got everything that you want in a quarterback. You know, the, he, him and, um, Trevor Lawrence were 1A and 1B in that 2018 class. And Lawrence obviously has done more to this point just because I think he was in a better situation, but they really are. I mean, it's, there's not a huge difference between the two in terms of potential, in terms of talent. They're, they're different players. They're different styles of players, but I think Justin Fields can have a, a Trevor Lawrence-esque impact at Ohio State. I, I also kind of compared him to uh, to Patrick Mahomes. He he doesn't have the the arm strength or the size, but just in his creativity, his ability to do really strange things on the football field. I think he threw a jump pass for a touchdown, like a non-designed jump pass because there was a defender in his way, and he jumped up to throw the ball. He's he's doing like the on-the-run sidearm stuff. He's just a he's a very very natural. Um, quarterback, he he can make really weird, unconventional plays look super smooth, and he's just he's a a very rare talent. He's the kind of guy that, I mean, if you have the chance to go out and get him, you have to do it, and that's what Ohio State did. Yeah, they got him all right. And on the subject of the battle between the upcoming battle between him and Tate Martell, and the people that want Tate Martell to get the job, look. If he wants to, he can he can go out there and compete. He can do it. That that's something that is going to be uh, a thing if if he's still around for this and when spring ball comes along, I don't think that there will be, you know, Ryan Day isn't going to be like, "No. Like, no, you can just sit back there. Like if he wants to compete, he can be able to compete." I'm I'm with you that 
Uh, it's not really a question. I, I think that Justin Fields is the guy, and he unlocks so many different things that they want to do. You touched on his ability to pass deep, which was something that they didn't do a lot this year. And now that Urban Meyer is gone, I think will become a much bigger part in their offense. And Boy, I hope so. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the the era of, I thought we did too many deep shots, I think is is over. And we'll see Ryan Day have placed a lot more emphasis on being able to get vertical down the field. And something we've talked about that's low-key been a theme, I think, for the teams going forward is – the receiver play and that a lot of the guys Ohio state is bringing in, in this recruiting class and in future recruiting classes are more traditional receivers, guys that can go down the field, bigger guys that can go make plays. And I think that will be an added wrinkle, or I guess a new wrinkle at this point to Ohio state's offense. And when you have a guy like fields that can throw the ball downfield like that, it opens up a whole other dynamic into your game and he's able to run. He's, he's so fast and he continues to have that element, too, as not just a pocket-passing quarterback, but when you need him to, he can jet a little bit. So it's a dynamic in Ohio State's offense that I don't think they've had for a long time. Even when you look at JT Barrett, he wasn't the fastest guy. He certainly struggled at times being able to throw the ball down the field. So this opens up a whole other part to Ohio State's offense. And then maybe my favorite part of this thing is – it's just hilarious to think that at one time he was a Penn State commit, and now they have to see him play at Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, well, they throw out um, whoever it is that they have there that they've been using as a receiver for four years now. <laughs> I, I'm sure that the James Franklin's pretty happy about that. Um, Actually, this but, yeah, is good you... to me, quoth James Franklin. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that, that the quarterback that I went out and, and recruited so hard is now at a school that did not recruit him when he was coming out of And Ohio, Urban Meyer isn't even there. Yeah, Ohio State managed to um, to still land a top quarterback from the 2018 class. They just did it a year later. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think that, that you really touched on it with the, you know, the dimensions that Justin Fields brings to this offense. I, I wrote after the Washington game about how Ohio State used the the really non-existent threat of Dwayne Haskins actually keeping the ball, they used that to their advantage because it's still something that defenses think about, even if it's something that the other quarterback can't do, just because that's how college football works. Um, college football defensive ends are college kids. Sometimes they don't realize that the quarterback's probably not going to run, and they stay put, and they, they read to stay with the quarterback, and the quarterback can hand it off. And now you bring a guy who is extremely fast, extremely athletic in Justin Fields. I, I don't think that he's like going to be Braxton Miller making making big plays in open space and, and juking guys out of their shoes, but he's extremely fast and capable of, of running that read option. And you have a guy who I think is, you mentioned it, certainly faster than JT Barrett. I think that um, running comparison-wise, um, Terrell Pryor, I, I don't hate that comparison just in the way that, that Justin Fields runs. It, it does kind of look Pryor-esque. Um, but you have that threat, and then you also have a guy who maybe doesn't quite have the arm of Dwayne Haskins, but it's real close. I mean, Dwayne Haskins is obviously a rare throwing talent and, and has a fantastic NFL arm. But Justin Fields has an extremely quick release. I mentioned earlier, he's got very, very smooth, very good mechanics. And 
he he seems to have all the tools to be an an elite passer on top of a very very capable runner and when you throw that into an offense with quite a few air raid concepts an offense that is really beneficial to quarterbacks at least it was last year or i guess this this past season um and then you give him Ryan Day, who seems to be one of the best quarterback gurus in the country. I'm not sure how much Ryan Day will actually be working directly with him, but I, I assume it is at least somewhat. And then Mike Yersich, who seemingly was hired to to groom Justin Fields, I guess, to grow him into the best quarterback he can be. That that would make a lot of sense with the timing. Um, and it's just, it, I, it's hard to it's hard to envision a better fit for Justin Fields and a better fit for Ohio State at quarterback. It's really, I think that not just with the passing game, but with the running game, he can really open up this offense even further than we saw in 2018. And that's, I mean, that's a really, really exciting thing to think about. We talked about Yursich on the last podcast and to tie that into the offense now and Fields and what we just spoke about with throwing the ball vertically downfield, some of those best Oklahoma State offenses, especially a couple years ago with James Washington and the rest of those receivers, were able to get super vertical down the field. I think they were the most explosive offense there, them in Penn State, for about a two-year stretch. And when you have a guy like Garrett Wilson coming in and some of these other high-rated receivers for Ohio State to pair up with Justin Fields, like, get ready, guys. We're going to see, I think, the explosiveness is something we've missed from this offense the past few years, and they are making a very concerted effort to bring that back to the offense, and I think that that's something we are going to see. So awesome news for Ohio State on that front. I think that obviously we're going to have to wait and see how the whole thing plays out with Martell, Matt Ball, and and the rest of the quarterbacks, and for this to truly become official, but if it goes the way it's going, there's a lot to be excited about. And something I put out on Twitter, Ohio State's QB lineage since 2000 is just absolutely sick and something that we don't talk about enough. You go from Craig Krenzel, who played basically two and a half years, won a title, to Troy Smith, won a Heisman, dominated Michigan, won a Fiesta Bowl, and then you go with a minor Justin Zwick appearance in there. We don't have to remember that. And Todd Beckman, who's probably like the worst dude on this list other than Joe Bowserman, and even that was one and a half seasons and they went to a title game. And then you go straight into three years of Terrell Pryor, basically into three years of Braxton Miller sprinkled with Kenny Guyton, then JT Barrett mixed with Cardale Jones in the insane run to the national championship. One year of Dwayne Haskins, who puts up the best single season in school history. And now Justin Fields, who is probably the highest rated, one of the highest rated quarterbacks that we've seen in modern day recruiting for what, the past like decade or so. This is pretty impressive. And we have to see how it happens on the field. But man, this is Ohio State is on quite a run. And it doesn't seem to be stopping anytime soon. They also have a um, a pretty high four star in Jack Miller, committed in 2020 and uh, 2021. Looking at several highly rated guys, it's a very good time to root for Ohio State in terms of quarterback play. I, I think that the the Ryan Day tenure, the Ryan Day era at Ohio State, will probably be defined by some pretty excellent quarterback play. That that seems to be the way that things are headed. Um, just in terms of recruiting, the way that, that he runs things. And after um, 17 years of JT Barrett, I think that I'm willing to embrace a, a more pass-heavy offense. Yeah, let's get it. Uh, speaking 
of other news around Ohio State. Everything is happening right now. There's a, there's yeah. a couple other things we need to <laughs> get a to. Busy day. <laughs> what, one of those things being co-defensive coordinator Alex Grinch is on his way to Oklahoma to be the defensive coordinator there. I think it's it's a bummer. We we didn't really get to see Alex Grinch for what he probably could have been here. The Greg Schiano thing, the the Tennessee job really messed this up. I would think, and it sounds like he didn't get the keys like he probably thought he would to the defense it was a little bit of a power struggle I don't really see any other way that this thing could have worked out Sands Shiano leaving like a week ago and them just being able to tell Grinch hey you're the you're the only guy but there's certainly no ill will for me I can understand wanting to run your own defense at a school where you're going to be able to have access to very talented guys Lincoln Riley's going to let him do his thing on that side of the ball kind of unfortunate because I remember we were really excited about the hire of Alex Grinch last offseason but for one reason or another, didn't work out, and probably for the best for all parties involved, aside from Greg Schiano still being at Ohio State. Yeah, I, I think that the the Grinch thing was um, kind of untenable. He he thought he was going to be the defensive coordinator. He was not um, the defensive coordinator. It, it's just <laughs> it, it was a tough situation. He he was not super happy with how that went down. Um, but I, I think in terms of lasting impact, there's probably not one. I don't think we ever really saw Grinch actually get his hands on this defense. The safeties weren't great in 2018, but I don't think that um, that Greg Schiano helped that much with his busted ass system. Um, in terms of replacements, I know that uh, today there was, and this is just message board talk, which which means it's it's not. Um, you know, reputable at all. It's just a thing that, that we have been talking about in like the land grant Holy land slack, uh, was that there was a flight from, um, OSU's private airport, I guess, to, to Baton Rouge. And, um, it, it's hard to say who down there is the guy that Ohio state's looking at. I know that, um, Matt house at Kentucky is reportedly a candidate at Ohio state for some position, possibly co-defensive coordinator, possibly safeties coach. I, I don't really know. Um, I've seen Michigan's Al Washington as a possibility. Um, Cincinnati's Marcus Freeman, who I mentioned on the last podcast, uh, th- those seem to be some of the um, some of the options there, possibly to replace Grinch, possibly to replace Bill Davis, who it seems like is um, it seems like his tenure is is uh, really running up here pretty soon. It, it <laughs> certainly sounds like Bill Davis is going to be up out of here um, probably by the time we put this podcast up. Um, but it, it it seems like Grinch and Davis might be the only ones. I, I have um, I have not a lot of confidence that Shiano is going anywhere. I'm not sure who would take him, and I don't see Ryan Day firing him at least after this year, which is unfortunate but not super surprising. And I, I think that there could be um, less less attrition on the staff than we expected. I, I would not be surprised if it was just um, just Davis and and Grinch. Is Greg Schiano our Mike Stoops? Like if Lincoln, oh, if man. if Brian Day, <laughs> if Brian Day is our Lincoln Riley, is Greg Schiano our Mike Stoops? Because that that would seem to be the parallel here. Is that he inherited it, and obviously it's not. A brother, there's no family ties like there were with the Stoops thing and, and Lincoln Riley, but it, it does seem like he is inclined to give Shiano another year. And I guess 
in in the most optimistic of ways, maybe not having Grinch around, and if there's not that power struggle and not that kind of underlying tension, then maybe the defense can go into next year with a little bit clearer of an idea of, of what they want to do and who's coaching them. I, I'm not even buying that as I say this. Or we're pretty well documented <laughs> about how we feel about Greg Schiano, but that's another thing where we're just going to wait to see how, how it plays out this offseason. Things can change in coaching so fast. We've seen with the Manny Diaz thing, going back to Miami, that job reopening. Who knows what can happen, but hopefully, you know, the Greg Schiano and the Bill Davis era are over very, very soon. But we'll we'll keep you guys updated on that. Other news coming out of Ohio State in the last couple of days, NFL draft stuff. We've talked about both of these players. Guard slash center, Michael Jordan, officially declared for the NFL draft. He's going to be an excellent guard in the NFL, and unless he's playing for the Cowboys and I can watch him every week, I'm just going to watch him from afar and be like, wow, they really tried to play him at center without ever playing him before. Shout out to him for just sucking it up and doing that all year. I'm sure that that is not something he wanted to do. Whoever's idea that was, it was horrendous, but at guard, he's a hell of a player. He's still a really young guy, um, and I think he's going to have a great career. Depth-wise, that's where... Going into next season, it becomes a little shaky for Ohio State. You look at the five guys on the line, I think that they're going to be pretty solid, but everything other than that right now is a big question mark. And and then that leaves Doug Nestor, the commit, who is going to sign on the previous, or I guess the original national signing day. He's still out there, been talking to Georgia a lot. He becomes almost a must-get right now, I think, for Ohio State along that line because it's looking a little thin behind that first string. Yeah, the um, the loss of, of Michael Jordan, obviously not great. It's super understandable given um, really just how much Ohio State managed to waste him <laughs> this, this season. Um, such an outstanding talent at guard. Um, just putting him at, at center was like malpractice with uh, with this line. That advisory but, board was just like, yeah, we don't give a shit about you at center, man. You're yeah. a guard. You're going to get drafted in the second round. Just leave. Yeah, they saw his sophomore film. <laughs> they were like, oh, okay. Yeah, he's good, um, but you you know you mentioned the depth. I think that that's definitely something to uh, to consider. the The starting five is probably going to be um, some combination of uh, Petit Frere, Wyatt Davis, Brandon Bow, and Josh Myers, and Thayer Munford. I think Josh Allaby might get in there as well. But um, behind them, there's not there's not a ton going on. There there's um, there's a couple guys who we have seen uh, at Ohio State for a while now. Gavin Cup is a, a name that that sticks out to me. Um, Matthew Jones was a, a recruit in the I think 2018 class, and he'll so he'll be going into his second year. Um, I think Max Ray is the one that's currently on campus, and, and Jake Ray is his, his brother in the 2020 class. So they got Max Ray, and then there's a couple other guys who have not seen significant playing time, which is. Um, real concerning for uh, for a, a group that's coached by what seems to be a pretty bad coach in in, in Greg Studrawa. I don't think Greg Studrawa is going on anywhere this off season. Probably next off season. But oh boy, yeah that that front five, the front five should be fine. I think the starting five is going to be good. Um, but once you get back into the the depth, we we could see some um, some JUCO guys this offseason coming to Ohio State to try and fill those holes because 
Um, you know, you, you saw like Matthew Burrell heading into this season and, and several other guys. Um, I, I think Brady Taylor is likely going to be gone. And there's just been a lot of attrition up front for Ohio State because um, – and you know, I, I don't, I don't love to refer to guys who don't pan out as recruiting misses, but that's really the the thing that happened here. There were a lot of recruiting misses up front um, in the last three or four years or so, and you're you're really starting to see that now. There are some top guys on this roster, but outside of like the best seven or eight or so uh, offensive linemen on this team, there are not guys who I think are really capable of playing at Ohio State. And that's not great for a, a Big Ten football program. I think you need more than eight capable offensive linemen. So um, getting getting Doug Nestor here, getting Harry, um, is it Harry Miller, right? The the Yeah, Harry Miller. Um, getting those guys on campus, Ryan Jacoby, getting him on campus, that's a big deal. you you got to get those guys into the program and get them – ready um not just to you know for the future you got to get them ready to to be backing up starters um real soon and that's that's kind of a concerning situation i can totally see mike yersich stepping into the coach's room on his first day and ryan day gathering the whole offensive staff around and being like all right guys let's uh let's let's gather around the video and uh show mike some of our best from last season and like eight plays into it he is watching the offensive line and he just like looks over at Greg Straw and he's just like, who the f is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this round man? <laughs> I can't, I can't say I have inside info, but if it happened, I would not be surprised. Uh, other NFL draft stuff, something we talked about last episode and was confirmed by the man himself, Jordan Fuller safety staying in school for his senior year said that, uh, and I think it was a Twitter post or an IG post that has some unfinished business. Uh, I also think he probably wants to go out with a little bit better of a season than he did in the back half of this season. He started the season really strong. And then I, I don't want to say he looked lost or anything because he did have a really good season, but I think it was a little bit up and down wants to finish on a high note. And I think that that's, that's huge news for a defense that doesn't have a lot of experience back there right now for him to be around another year to help mentor these young guys and help help them be able to just figure out the nuances of the game at that safety position while also improving himself is a big deal yeah that secondary looks really good right now um especially if they make uh an inspired hire at at safety Uh, i'm not sure who that hire will be for the safeties coach but I, i think that there is probably a candidate out there who can do a better job than grinch did um and maybe if Greg Schiano fixes his defense, he he won't. But um, I don't know. Maybe if someone makes him. But um, you know, you got you got Jordan Fuller back now. You got Brandon White alongside him, and then at the uh, the cornerback spots, you seemingly have Sean Wade and Jeff Yokuda, who I think are the um, the best two corners on the team, and probably were in 2018 as well. In fact, they they were. They were. It was not probably. They they absolutely were. Um, and then quite a few young guys. You got, you know, Isaiah Pryor is still a guy who I think has some potential. Did not have a good year this year, but I think that under some better coaching, he could be a good player. Um, you've got Josh Proctor. You got uh, Tyreek Johnson, both former five stars, I want to say, who are probably going to be seeing the field. I, I would certainly hope that they can get the um, that they can get to see the field in in some capacity, maybe as a a nickel, maybe as just a rotational guy, but 
Um, there, there is certainly talent in that defensive backfield, and having Jordan Fuller back as a leader for the defense is a big deal, especially because I'm not entirely convinced that um, the other captain on the defense, Tough Borland, is only is even going to be starting next year. I'm I'm not super sure that that captain will be starting <laughs> because um, he's not very good. Let's let's talk about that, and this is how it's fitting that you say that because I want to wrap the podcast up with this, and this ties back in to Justin Fields and all the other big news that's going on with Ohio State right now, and this is something we can really dive into in this offseason. But to me, Ryan Day's first year, this first offseason, and all of 2019 is going to be defined by the decisions that he decides to make and whether he wants to make decisions that Urban Meyer didn't, couldn't, or wouldn't to get Ohio State back to being a championship program. Justin Fields coming on was the first of those decisions. If you guys want to check out Ari's piece about Justin Fields being brought in, we'll link to it in our article for this podcast post. It it encapsulates everything about how I think we felt as Ohio State fans for the past four seasons and some of the things that have held this program back, I would say, a little bit from being probably where they should be. And that's at Alabama's level and that's at Clemson's level. And I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here, so just bear with me. This isn't going to be too long, but this was the first decision. Ryan Day did something that I don't think Urban Meyer would have done, and I I think that he's doing it for the betterment of the program. It is, like Ari said, it's ruthless. It's, It's a business decision, and I think it's one that is going to pan out for Ohio State. And for the past three or four seasons... Meyer has been too scared or unwilling to make those decisions. And and you look back at him playing your QB that damn near ripped his knee apart a week before and playing him the whole game in the Big Ten title game, giving him, what, 20 carries when you have a QB who you yourself said was maybe the best quarterback prospect that you've ever seen. And the week before, just let a comeback win on the road against your biggest rival and he didn't play him. Not a championship decision. Not one that championship programs make. Getting one year out of Dwayne Haskins. Not a championship decision. Not a decision championship programs make. Especially after the year he just had. Playing a middle linebacker that tore his Achilles in the offseason. And then putting him out on the field despite him not having the athleticism to make plays all year. But keeping him out there week after week despite having other players behind him. That's not something championship programs do. Hiring the best man of your wedding to be your middle linebackers coach. And despite him not succeeding, holding players back, players regressing under him, keeping him around for three years, not something that a championship program does. Same thing can go for offensive line. I don't even need to get into the Zach Smith thing. Keeping your possibly alcoholic, most definitely abusive wide receiver coach because he is your father figure's grandson, not something that just disregarding the football stuff, not something that championship humans do, let alone a good football decision. So Ryan Day's first year for me is really going to be defined whether he is willing and able to make the decisions that Meyer wouldn't because Ohio State, and before that, a lot of Ohio State fans will still tell you, hey, we were 13-1 and this year. We won the Rose Bowl. We were sixth. We should have been in the playoff. That's fine. They had a really great season. They won 83 games under Meyer. I hate to break it to people, but for the last three, four years, they haven't been a championship program because they've played three games against teams who are. 
and they've gone one and two. They got embarrassed by Clemson in the playoff. They beat Oklahoma on the road in a really nice game. And then they scored 16 points at home against OU the next season. And that was a defense that gave up 41 to Baylor and 35 to Kansas State. So as high as they've been and as many games as they have won, they still have issues that are keeping them from being at that next level. A lot of that is going to depend on really solely whether Ryan Day is willing to make decisions that Urban Meyer wouldn't. And this Fields thing was one of them. We'll see how the coaching decisions go. But I'm encouraged. I like that they made it. And I think it is going to pay massive dividends. But they got a lot of work to do. Because you're going to look at those two teams in the title on Monday. They aren't going anywhere. And Ohio State has the talent. They need to get out of their own way. And Ryan Day has some choices to make. And he made a good one with Fields. Let's see if he can make some others. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with all of that. I think that um, I think Ohio State has to get back to doing what they were doing when they were, you know, 2014, the, the chase and, and things like that and being a hungry program and not doing things like um, giving the starting quarterback job to a guy just because he's been there for the longest or not keeping coaches on staff just because they're friends with what is now the former head coach. And I think that that's definitely something that, you know, you mentioned will define this season. I think that that is the season. I, I think that, you know, it's the whole season, the entire 2019 is about if Ryan Day can uh, can can fix those those nepotism hires, if he can fix those those nepotism depth chart moves, if he can get the most talented players on the field and put them in places to succeed rather than having guys who were just at Ohio State the longest starting in a system that has been allowed to, you know, kind of run rampant where Greg Schiano I think has significantly too much power. I, I think Greg Schiano has way too much power with this defense and someone needs to tell him that he's you know, it's it's far too much NFL. There there's far too much NFL in this defense and he, he has to change what he does or he has to go. Um and I don't know if I'll, I don't know if if, um, if Ryan Day will do that. It's it's hard to say. Uh, we we still really don't we don't really know what he's going to do for for hires, what he's going to do with fires. Um, I, I'm sure that we will uh, sooner rather than later. And the Fields thing seems to be a pretty good indicator that he is willing to to go out and, and rock the boat a little bit, and I think that that's necessary. Um, and I also think we're going to have to make you write a blog post about that because I, I think that could definitely be um, a, a longer piece of some sort. Well, I think it's all true. And I mean, there's there's stuff there that I didn't even mention. There was it, it was a thing. You know, it wasn't a thing for us because we always wanted Dwayne Haskins. They very possibly could have started Joe Burrow this season. And you know what? LSU did their thing. They beat an extremely depleted UCF team in the Fiesta Bowl. Burrow played well. That would have been an absolute disaster. Given how this Ohio State team played, if they didn't have a quarterback like Dwayne Haskins that bailed them out all season, eight and four would have would have been like I think good for them. Nine and three would have been a very good season given the circumstances if that played out. I, I think that that decision they made the right one, but they almost didn't, and that that plays into it. And these are the kinds of things we've seen. You know, people want to talk about with the quarterback situation in general that, oh, Tate Martell deserves it. He's been around. Were people saying the same thing about Todd Beckman 
Were people saying the same thing about Joe Bowserman and a freshman Braxton Miller? Were people saying the same thing about Justin Zwick with Troy Smith? No. Play the better players. Well, they were, but they were still wrong. <laughs> yeah, they were saying, you've been wrong for a decade plus. And you know what? People want Ohio State. These fans that are saying that want Ohio State to be looked at like Alabama is, like Clemson is. Oh, why doesn't ESPN talk about us like that? They're so biased against Ohio State. You know why? Because for the last four seasons, Ohio State's head coach refused to make the hard choices that those teams and those coaches did. You can't have it both ways. And with what Ohio State wants to be and the football factory that it is, those are the hard decisions that they have to make. And at times it sucks because these are kids and you want all of them to succeed. But you know what? Not not everybody can, at least in their current situation. And they have to make choices that will win them the most amount of football games. And they've won a lot recently, but they've embarrassed themselves a few times and they've left a lot on the table because they've been scared to make those choices that they're paid a lot of money to and they like to say that they will make. And so to me, that's the key for Ryan Day. Like you said, this is just one. We'll see what happens. It sounds like Urban Meyer's still going to be around. So how much is that boat really going to get rocked? A lot of his guys are still around. It remains to be seen. But if you guys want to look at one thing that can put Ohio State over the top, for me, it's that. Yeah, a lot of revolutionary energy on this one. I like it. <laughs> yeah, let's get it, baby. Let's get this is yeah, this occupy is honestly the, the horseshoe. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this the other day, and and maybe this is something we've talked about. You know, after that Rose Bowl game was over, I was like, finally, and that's what we talked about, like. Before the season, it was, oh shit, it's going to be one of those years. I am super looking forward to next year not dealing with any of the things that come with Meyer, the intensity, the Zach Smith situation of just getting back to just being like, this is refreshing. I can't wait for spring ball. I can't wait for next season to start. There's a lot, there's just different energy around the program. And that doesn't mean that I hate Urban Meyer because I don't, but it was time and there's a lot of new energy. And as you said, I think very aptly on last episode, it's it's not even really Ohio State taking a step forward. It's taking a step into the future and having new energy. I think they needed it. The kids need it. The program needs it. The fans need it. The, everybody needs it. And hopefully this brings it and we'll see what he decides to do. But I'm fired up, man. I, I think that there's a lot of things Ohio State can do here that can put them right back to where those two teams on Monday are at. Yep, I, I think that that's a, um, I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, I think that um, you know Ohio State, definitely quite a few changes happening in the program, and we'll see how significant they are, how much they actually impact the team, and we'll, we'll certainly be around to, uh, to podcast about them, which is the most important thing you can do is podcast. Yes, yes, we will be here all <laughs> off-season. We will always post. We will podcast. never log off. <laughs> we, we will absolutely never log off. Um, that, that's pretty much it. We're not going to talk about the basketball game. It's on tomorrow morning against Michigan State. We'll have an episode about that, and we'll have a lot more basketball-centric episodes coming your guys' way, so stay tuned on SoundCloud.com slash LandGrantHolyLand. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Leave us some feedback there. Also, don't be afraid if you're a regular listener. Holler at us on Twitter. We're always looking for different things to talk about. Patrick and I literally write nothing down. We just freestyle this every week. So if you have questions, comments, or or things you guys want us to talk about, send Patrick a tweet at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. I am at Dubsco, and we as a site are at Holy Land Pod. That is where you can find um, 
breaking Justin Fields slash other cryptic tweets that will inform you about the future of Ohio State football. Also, before we get out of here, I didn't do this in our Rose Bowl recap episode, but I have to do it now that I remembered I wrote it down. Shout out to Jake Udub. If you guys don't know the story about Jake Udub, um, I just wanted to shout him out for interacting with us before that Rose Bowl game. May his soul always live on. Jake Udub, we appreciate you. Last thing, Patrick, these are the days that Sean Martin deserved to be around. I'm upset that he's not here to see it. I miss him. I miss him every day, man. (laughs) (laughs) Petition for Sean Martin to come back. But that's probably a perfect place for us to wrap up. Stay tuned with the show. We'll be talking about Ohio State, Justin Fields, everything going on with the coaching staff and Ryan Day's first offseason, as well as the basketball team. But we'll catch you then. For Patrick Mayhorn, I'm Colton Denning. This has been the Hangout in the Holy Land, and go Bucks.